Welcome to Share Talk, the only podcast where investors come first. Good morning and welcome to Share Talk. Today we have got the chairman of Red Rock Resources on, Andrew Bell. How are you? Very well, thank you. Now you put out a update reference the Steelman Limited investment. And if we can sort of break it down into some nice bite-sized chunks, first thing I would like to cover is reference the loan. There seems to be a lot of ambiguity out there on the bulletin boards. So could you sort of give us a brief summary of the loan and how it's been set up? Uh, this loan, call it about, it's about $4 million. Um, so, but the, the loan is set up as a back-to-back uh, so far as we can make it. In other words, we're borrowing enough money to lend the required amount of euros to Steelmen for them to complete the plant. Uh, the interest rate is matched. We borrow at 13%, we lend at 13%. The fees are matched uh, in terms of upfront fees. Uh, the maturity is almost matched uh, in that we are lending for eight months and uh, with, a, with a possible rollover for eight months of another fee. We are borrowing for 12 months with a possible um, eight-month rollover of that. Um, the repayments uh, are not precisely matched because we don't expect uh, necessarily to be repaid for eight months, um, but after a three-month holiday, we will start having to make repayments so that at the end of the one year, uh, we would have a 75% payback and then maybe rolling the rest. Um, if the borrower uh, rolls after eight months with us, then they have amortizing payments the next eight months. Um, so it's, uh, it's pretty well matched except for the um, period between three and eight months when we will be making payments without necessarily getting paid back. However, the feature we've put in there is that we start off with getting 16% of their company equity as a fee, and after uh, September, in other words, after three months, that starts to go up at 1% a month. So they're very strongly incentivized to repay us quickly. And um, although they know that once they're in production at the end of the year, uh, they can get, they have been told, a, uh, a trade base facility, um, which will be much cheaper for them and therefore they'd retire our debt. Uh, we understand that there is a possibility they would actually be able to get finance earlier. Uh, what they needed to do was order long lead time items and um, uh, finish a property transaction on which there'd been some litigation on title. Uh, they got it solved. That payment was meant to be made by the end of the month. Um, so, uh, that's June. So we provided them with something very useful to them, uh, but comparatively expensive, particularly in terms of equity, which they therefore have strong motive to repay quickly. Now, if we can have a look at the sort of ongoing arrangement then, why was it 
not able for them to go and obtain the finance themselves directly, or was it a case of you were in the right place at the right time? I think we're in the right place at the right time. Uh, uh, Bosnia is a place not everyone understands. Um, I think we do feel we understand it. Uh, it. People will get take some time to familiarize themselves with country risk, to um, familiarize themselves with the business risks, which is um, uh, the production of a product which is used in the steel industry, um, ferrosilicon, and um, they would have to take some time to uh, familiarize themselves with a lot of other things about the business, including going out and visiting uh, the plant. We have a pretty good starting place in terms of understanding steel feed materials. After all, we've been involved in uh, manganese, which means we've known about uh, ferromanganese, for example, for quite some time. And uh, we, we know who the customers are. Uh, in this case, unlikely to be. Uh, and we're actually looking for a high quality business that we could invest in um, to replace partially uh, what we expect to be a, a gradual liquidation or fast liquidation of our manganese position. Um, so uh, I think we're in the right place at the right time. Um, and the other thing is that uh, from their point of view, um, they have been through a long process that's involved investing a lot of money, maybe 10 million euros so far, uh, in refurbishing this plant and buying things. And um, they had also had this property issue to resolve when KPMG did the due diligence for them in I think, 2015. They uncovered the fact that the people who uh, there was a, this property dispute, which I think goes back to the time of privatization, um, back in the 90s. Uh, they've never been resolved. A, a couple of things happened. First of all, the, the litigation was, uh, the legal proceedings were successful. Um, the man who was causing the greatest trouble actually died. And then a settlement was reached um, with s some other people. Um, and the settlement was uh, to be paid by the end of June. So that had sort of come to a head and could be solved. Um, and they just needed the last, last tranche of money, like the keystone of the arch, uh, to make everything work, to put it together. And that wasn't, that was a relatively small amount compared with all the money that's been put into this. Uh, <coughs> but it needed to be that because all the other things couldn't happen without it. And we were in a position to do that. And um, they'd also been through, I think, the experience of one other lender um, who was more of a lending institution um, who had looked at this and found it too complex for them. And um, we came along and we were able to use a lot of that draft documentation and um, uh, so act relatively quickly. Now, in relation to the loan there, you touched upon the sort of near-term news that could be happening in relation to your manganese project at Shibby. 
is there any clause in this loan and the arrangement so that that money that comes in could be utilised to pay the debt off immediately so that you don't have any sort of interest payments and if that happens before the time of the first payment is that yes. your plan? If we uh, get money out of uh, the sale of cheap teeth from the manganese uh, we would use that to pay down all or most of the loan and that would not be subject to any early prepayment penalty. Okay then, if we can have sort of a brief summary then of what is actually happening with that sale. Uh, well, <coughs> in that um, there are other public companies involved. Um, we are not in a position to say anything, even if we happen to know it for some reason, um, about the process of that those sale and IPO uh, proceedings um, until there is an official statement by um, by GP, which can be announced by uh, Pallinghouse Resources in South Africa and by ourselves and others. Uh, we have had a fairly regular flow of uh, public announcements which have been coordinated with the Jupiter Pallinghurst um, and there will continue to be announcements like that but in between them there's obviously a limit to what I can say. If we can have a, a quick look back at Steelman, if the project needs further funding down the line what will your position be there and what are the potential ways of going forward? Could there be a potential for effectively providing a loan again at a low risk basis to yourself and then obviously gaining more equity in the project? Yes, our ideal position perhaps is not, we can go up to 30% um, if they take some time to repay us. Uh, our ideal position perhaps is that by the end of the year, we have say 20% beginning of next year, um, and they repay us and we have our money back because at that point, we've got 20% stake in the business. All of our money essentially has come back. Uh, the, the, the net, net, net costs to us of acquiring that 20% are quite negligible. And that was a business which from the first furnace um, will be, it expects having annualized sales of about 35 million euros or so and um, a reasonable EBITDA on that. Uh, they're forecasting 7 million euros, but that of course, uh, uh, that's a residual and I can't say you know, what prices are going to do. Um, the sales level is more predictable and I think gives an idea of the scale of the business. So if um, in year one you're fairly soon moving towards an annualized 35 million euros and we have say 20% of that which is 7 million euros with a profit margin in that, uh, we'll have done quite well and if uh, then either by uh, internal or external capital or combination of the two uh, and, 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 and then maybe third-party loans from <coughs> financiers um, 
we are able to build the second furnace there. Uh, we can expand production quite fast. And remember that this is an area that, is, that has traditionally produced ferrosilicon uh, as far back as the 1970s from this plant. Um, that when the facility was broken up, the smaller part had been in the hands of a uh, private Italian business for about 12 years who have been successfully selling ferrosilicon. And so we'll be selling ferrosilicon to um, large European steel companies. And, and we expect that to be uh, a good business with um, a demand that's well established and of which we can get an increasing part. Now, obviously, you've said there about the sort of ferrosilicon and microsilica, which is effectively a byproduct of the process. Could you highlight what these sort of products are and what they're used for, just for the people that haven't got the uh, the prior knowledge of that? Well, it's like you know when we talk about manganese, people sometimes because they don't come across it in their daily lives, they don't uh, they don't know what it's used for. Of course, um, 95% of manganese is uh, used in steel production because it improves some of the qualities of the steel. So, for example, if you have more of a stainless steel cutlery, um, it will have some manganese in it. Um, ferrosilicon, similarly, is uh, used in uh, the steel industry, and um, that's about um, the steel industry, of course, is huge. It dwarfs all other metals. And so there are all kinds of uh, different metals that are used um, and necessary uh, in uh, steel production. And manganese is uh, uh, only one. Uh, ferrosilicon, um, uh, ferromanganese, uh, these are others. And so these, these are niche businesses. Um, they're, they're well established and uh, uh, we feel comfortable in that space. We don't think that there's a hugely expanding demand, but there is a steady demand and um, uh, we're happy to be there. You, know, it's, you can think of this as being almost like an industrial mineral because half the cost is uh, power, electricity, and uh, we're close to a cheap source of uh, uh, power in form of hydropower, um, which has very low transmission cost to get to us because it's close by. Um, the other uh, main costs are either ones that the whole world, any producer bears, um, like uh, a bit of coking coal, um, or they are costs which vary from locality to locality. And insofar as they're variable costs like that, uh, labor is very cheap in Bosnia, in the European context. And um, so we're going to be um, highly competitive producers. Is there anything further you would like to add, Andrew? No, I think that people should see this as um, another symptom of our move towards revenue-producing assets and revenue-producing activities away from simple exploration. 
and our revenue producing activities at Red Rock at the moment uh, include the holding in Jupiter, um, where we, if you take the distribution that's coming in September of 240,000 um, and the 250,000 in the distribution that came in the spring, that's over 800,000 pounds of distribution in uh, less than a year. Um, so that's a source of revenue. Uh, you've got our gold royalties and interest payments on the um, promissory note, the sort of loan we, we made uh, when we sold our gold asset. And those gold royalties uh, from Colombia will start to increase uh, quite substantially, or should do, now that the uh, bore mill there is two bore mills working and starting to buy in material from the surrounding area. Um, we also have a hope that we're going to start getting some kind of uh, revenue from our um, oil interests in the southern United States. Um, so we have um, several revenue producing interests already, um, one of which, the Jupiter, may be partially converted into a capital asset or even wholly converted. Um, and um, this is adding another, uh, we think, quite stable, uh, not too uh, metal cyclical source of steady cash flow and revenue uh, to the mix. And um, that we think will greatly strengthen us. And if you put these assets and these revenue streams together, we can increasingly create the picture of a quite stable, growing, uh, underpriced company. Uh, when we think that when we listed, we were about the, the uh, cheapest cost listing ever on uh, AIM, and we were a complete midget uh, to have gone from there to here um, is through a, a couple of quite bad downturns in the market. And I said that not just commodities, but also in the environment you know, on AIM, um, we're happy to be here. And what we want in future is A, to cushion slightly um, our, the impact of downturns in commodity markets, but also to eliminate the uh, effect of a second cyclical market superimposed on the first, uh, which is cyclical. In other words, when AIM uh, allows you to raise money, it's quite easy. Uh, when there's a kind of famine on AIM, uh, capital is hard to raise uh, across the board, then to be a non-revenue producing country, like company, like a lot of companies on AIM, makes you particularly vulnerable. So we are trying to take two vulnerabilities down to say half of vulnerability. Um, and that's the journey we've been on and are still on. And this is uh, a, a good piece in the jigsaw. It looks cheap in itself, uh, but it also builds that picture, which will create a more stable company. Andrew, thank you very, very much for your time today. Um, we look forward to following the future news flow. Thank you very much. Thank you for listening. Remember to visit our website for more news and other podcasts at www.share-talk.com.